to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This week, some sad news and a few updates and some really interesting stuff from Trello. I'm Ryan Spilkin and I'm joined today by Matthew Stubblefield. Brenda Burl is off on the quest of the Crystal Dragon. Matthew, how's it going? You know, it's it's, uh, it's a mixed bag, Ryan. Yep. I totally, man, the past couple of weeks have been a tough one and uh, we have to actually start today's podcast with some very sad news. We got an email from our friends at Atlassian University announcing the passing of one Robert Bleeker, the Atlassian education manager who handled the online portion of Atlassian University and Summit Delivery, and he was a really good friend of ours. So, so, so uh, rest in peace, Robert. We miss you. We want to share a good memory of Robert with you before we go on. So, Matthew, what's your favorite Robert Bleeker memory? So Robert and I, we had known each other for a bit over five years yeah. at this point. And, you know, we'd get together for lunch when I was out in San Francisco or, you know, see him at Summit and catching up. And it's not like a specific memory, but um, Robert, he was just such a good dad, you know? And I loved hearing stories of the, you know, him spending time with his son and going on motorcycle rides and uh, um, just everything he did. I, I looked up to him as a role model. Of, of what a good dad should be. And so uh, Robert lives on in my memory for that. He's, uh, he was an impressive, awesome guy. Abs- yeah, ab- those absolutely true. I, got, I had those same conversations. I was talking with him in Boston uh, at the Atlassian Open last year. And uh, we did. We had that, the conversation about his kids and about the challenges of raising teenagers, which, you know, if any of you out there are parents. But ble- Robert... And I do, I, I used to call him Bleaker, you know, just that's how. Yeah, we, we, ditto. Yeah, ditto. Just this big guy. He's bigger than, you know, I'm a big dude. He's a giant and just a good hug and a, a nice warm chat. And you always left those feeling like he's your man, you know? So, yeah. Cheers, Robert, to you. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 been a hard couple of weeks. Like, I I couldn't work <laughs> after getting the news. It was, yeah. it was rough. Um, plus, uh, plus COVID-19, yeah. uh, which is disrupting lots of things, including Atlassian summit. Uh, so for those of you who haven't seen the news, uh, or, you know, if you were planning on attending, surely you've, you've heard by now, I uh, mean, or you've been under a rock and that's okay. We, <laughs> really? You know, we're glad to have that, you listening to the podcast and that's a safe place to get away from the coronavirus. <laughs> um, is it? So yeah, Atlassian Summit, like so many other technology conferences and other conferences, has been uh, canceled. Personally, like I, I wasn't terribly concerned, but I am kind of relieved uh, not having to fly out there. And, and in particular, my wife had already told me if I started having symptoms, I was just I was told to stay in Vegas, get a hotel room, and don't come home. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, some people would take that as like a net win, but I don't think you. That's not your. No, that's no, not, I was. That's I, not was you. Not gonna be fun. It's not gonna be fun. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, Atlassian is transitioning Summit. Uh, ostensibly, they're they're moving to a virtual conference, but. All of the details around that are still to be determined. 
I, you know I don't what? think we have anything solid yet. Yeah, well, an event as big as Summit has a lot of moving pieces, and they are the mm-hmm. events teams for not only Atlassian, but our events team at Adaptivist is dealing with just a ton of stuff. So uh, we are with you in this in this uh, trying period of yeah. work, but ultimately it was a good decision. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and so we will hopefully have more news by uh, the next podcast. I think the the big questions are. Um, how will content be delivered? Atlassian has talked about doing like shorter virtual sessions. So not like a full day of content or two days or three days. Like as uh, I was on a, a webinar last week and they were like, nobody wants to listen to that. Nobody wants to sit for, you know, hours on end for days at a time to, to listen to presentations. But, you know, they, they talked about doing something through a podcast. Um, I think as near as I can tell, this podcast doesn't currently exist. It's a, it's a new thing that they're talking about launching as part of this shift. Um, they talked about doing little webinars, virtual sessions. Uh, the, the training, Adaptivist was going to be delivering some live training at Summit along with other partners. Uh, we still don't know if that's going to transition to a virtual delivery or not. Um, it, it just the decisions haven't been made yet. So we, we have been in communication with Atlassian University. We told them we're available to deliver virtually if they'd like. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things like... Uh, COVID-19 has been so fast moving that in one respect, it's not a surprise uh, that this was canceled and that this was coming. Like, it's one of those like everybody kind of saw it coming. And at the same time, it came so quickly uh, <laughs> that there hasn't really been time to, to figure everything out. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It has a lot of teams have committed to remote work, something that Adaptivist has some significant chops in. And I think that Mm -hmm. with using the Atlassian tools and Slack and such, um, and (laughs) this brings us to cloud, but by using the tools and and keeping on and uh, keeping calm and carrying on, we have, uh, we'll weather this storm and continue on the path of building awesome stuff. So so speaking of... uh you know, doing our work from the cloud instead of from the office, Ryan, uh, what new updates do we have this week? Well, cloud rolled out a few new features that are, are interesting, at least. There's a new navigation experience coming to Jira Cloud. And this is some because I'm such a big fan of, of UX and, and the experience of using a product. When it gets to be more intuitive and easier and straightforward and more ex- easily accessed by more people, the more it, the stickier it gets, right? So the interface changes that they've made, I think really up the game there. So of course, we'll link you to information in our uh, SoundCloud description. There's also some Bitbucket Cloud stuff happening. You're able to disable Git clones in your pipelines now and brand new as of this week, which is uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, March 10th, you are able to see Jira issues assigned to a current user in your in your dashboard. Uh, you know, it's handy. So as Ryan alluded to, Adaptivist Live, not actually live, it's March 10th, uh, Tuesday when we're recording this. And also coming out on March 10th of uh, the year 2020, Portfolio for Jira 3.22. Uh, I love the first update here, a new way to search for issues. Uh, it is a search box, and you type a word in it, and then it highlights that word Ooh. on the page. <laughs> Ooh. Much like Control-F wow. in any web browser or command, command F if you're on Mac. It's a new way to search for issues. <laughs> in a world. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
uh, yeah, I, I feel like just some, some focus on, on some visuals in this. Um, the other one towards the bottom, I don't, I don't mean to be bagging on the portfolio team. It's just like new velocity insights and sprint capacity details. It's not really new velocity. Like I wouldn't characterize this as new velocity insights. It's let's look at your velocity. How many points have you put in? Is that more or less <laughs> than you've done in the past? Um, which like, I would never go to my portfolio board to see my velocity. I would like, I'm planning my sprint in Jira software. I would look at it in Jira software. You see that before you start the sprint. I don't want to look at it. I don't know. I just, I, well, I maybe I, I could see this being something that, that you as a team lead wouldn't be interested in, but the person who's the PMO, you know, whoever is, is keeping all the projects on task, are you do you know they they might want to look and see if their if their uh, project managers are keeping things on point? So I could see how that yeah. could be useful if you were in an oversight position. I, it's just it's sort of like if though, you're right? little, yeah, it is. It is kind of in the weeds and like because and and the, the image here does kind of suggest that you see two different teams. Um, you could switch between them, but but we know you know story points from one team to another team. That's apples and oranges. You can't compare that. Uh, we know that new teams, they're going to be over and underestimating for All typically up to five sprints yeah. uh, before they really settle in. Um, and it, once you do settle in, teams get pretty accurate. I, it, it just doesn't seem like super valuable information. Um, I feel like a lot of the portfolio updates have been kind of um, minor things. I'm, I'm still looking for like that overarching vision of, uh, of where they're headed, but... Uh, you know, uh, hopefully this control F update for find, uh, doesn't actually respond to control F, but if you do control F in your web browser, you get the same outcome. So, <laughs> all right. And while we're on the update train, we've talked a little bit about how Bitbucket seven was coming. Well, Bitbucket seven is here and you know what we're not going to do on today's podcast. Go deep, man, because there is so much here. There's a lot of updates. So many updates. But if you are a Bitbucket user, this one's a really important article to take a look at because these features are something you're going to want to roll out in staging right away. Um, yeah. Matthew, you had uh, something that you wanted to point out there. What is side-by-side? -side? Yeah, so there's, there's a number of good videos on this. They're all really short, which I appreciate. Um, and I kind of appreciate that they're videos, not GIFs. I know that's probably surprising to our listeners. Uh, but it was it was nice to be able to like pause and roll backward and forward as I was I was actually comparing line numbers yep. in a side by side view so I could see how it was lining up and effectively what happens uh, you got to watch the video in the release notes to, and this is why we're not going to talk in depth about this because you just got to go read through this and look at it long story short after 7.0 in the side by side view if you have cut a bunch of lines out uh, on the right side of the screen you're just going to see blank space there. Um, so instead of like squishing it together, it makes it really easy to see, ah, this is where I cut it out, which is cool, I guess. Um, except it makes the page even longer to scroll through. I'm hoping that they have not removed the, uh, hide white space, uh, option from Bitbucket that they've had in the past. Haven't installed 7.0 yet myself, uh, to look at it, but, um, yeah, definitely scroll through these release notes. They're not heavy or hard to read. There's just a lot there. And if you're a Bitbucket user, it, it behooves you to go through them. And now we've got a section with our good friends at ALM Works. It's worth noting that Brenda was able to attend that session. So you're going to hear Brenda from, uh, in this recorded segment. But here's our chat with Dave from ALM Works. 
And now joining us for a special announcement is Dave Roslin from ALM Works. Dave, what's up? Hey, Ryan, how you doing? It's great to see you. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. We love speaking with the, the ALM Works crew. So, Dave, you can, you can let the cat out of the bag now. What are you here to tell us about? Well, we have a big release of Structure coming out in just a couple weeks, version 6. Ooh, that sounds sweet. What can people look forward to in version 6? Well, the, the, the showcase feature in version 6 is a brand new feature that, allow people to, that will allow people to write calculated data from a structure um, into a JIRA field. So as you may know, uh, structure users use structure to sum over sub-items, to build formulas, to do a bunch of things that, that, re, that generate results inside the structure. But that data lives in structure, not in JIRA. And with this new release, you'll be able to write selectively whichever data you wish into which, again, selectively into whichever JIRA field you wish. So for our, our viewers at home who may not be familiar with structure, um, would, it, would it be accurate to describe it as, uh, not to overuse the word, uh, a means of structuring your issues? Like it's, it's nesting them, right? It's, it's sort of like, uh, um, you know, and Jerry, you've got epics, stories, subtasks. Like at most you have three levels. Structure at its most basic lets you go beyond three levels. That, that's right, Matthew. So um, the original concept for structure, or the original idea behind structure was a response to a JIRA ticket uh, where a customer, a Natlassian customer, was asking for subtasks beneath subtasks. Mm -hmm. So subtasks of subtasks. Yeah. And Atlassian said, yeah, that's an interesting idea, but we're not going to do that. And, and out of that idea, structure was born. And structure allows JIRA users to arbitrarily establish what lever levels of hierarchy they choose. Um, a great sort of current use case is, is SAFE, the Scaled Agile Framework, where the mm -hmm. Scaled Agile Framework um, specifies levels above the EPIC and a different mm -hmm. sort of thing underneath uh, the EPIC um, with stories below that. Um, Structure is a product that lets you build that kind of hierarchy or any other hierarchy. Listeners may remember from when we had when we discussed uh, the Adaptivist Safe white paper that we recommend Structure as the uh, Jira plugin of choice for implementing Safe. Well, and you you reference a Safe concept uh, in the blog post. We'll be linking in the show notes of uh, weighted shortest job first. Um, so for those of you who are unfamiliar, I, just super briefly, WSJF is. Sort of, it's it's a way of ranking your stories to prioritize them. It, it provides a mathematical formula for for doing that and sorting them. And the way I've always done this in Jira before was using Script Runner actually uh, to create some calculated custom fields. So I'd create like three or four different custom fields, set up some formulas to do some math, and and that was one thing because I was a Jira admin and I could do that. It looks like Structure provides a way for users to do that. Is that right? That, that's absolutely right. And Script Runner is one of the, the good ways of, of doing that sort of thing. Structure is another way. So in Structure, we have the concept of a formula column, and users can add as many formula columns as they wish to a structure. Um, and those formula columns can... I'd liken it to Microsoft Excel. Everybody's familiar with the concept of building a formula in a, in a cell mm -hmm. uh, in Microsoft Excel. Well, it's the same idea. You can build a formula inside a column in, in, uh, in structure and have it perform calculations on other JIRA fields. Um, a simple example would be, you know, summing over sub-items. 
but a much uh, more complicated example, and we happen to include <laughs> this example in the product, is WizGIF. So if somebody wants to calculate that weighted first job first and have the result appear in a column within a structure, they can do that. And with the new effectors feature, they can then take that result um, of that WizGIF calculation and write it to a Jira field. Um, so looking at your blog post, it looks like this is something that's coming to structure.gant as well. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Well, one, one of the um, common requests from structure.gant customers is they'd like to be able to write the results of the, the changes they make visually in a Gantt chart. So if they take a task that's visually depicted in a Gantt chart and they slide it to the left or they slide it to the right, they've just changed the start and end date for that task. Um, and that new start and end date um, today only exists inside structure.gant. So the new effectors feature in structure will also enable you to take the results of a, of a Gantt chart change, a Gantt chart car, uh, calculation, and write that into JIRA as well. So you could choose as, as the, the user of, of the effector fe uh, feature, you could choose to replace the start and end date of your current start and end date for that JIRA task, or you could write, um, write it into a new field, a custom field that you create called you know, new start date and new end date, for example. Um, so that you can have that data to compare side by side. And does that mean, so you, you're blowing my mind a little bit here, does that mean we can then pick that up, uh, automatically adjust our cost of delay, which would then influence weighted shortest job first? Absolutely. Whoa. So the, all, all of these columns, so the formula column can, can compare the results of one column with the results of another column, uh -huh. or you can do all of that within the same formula if you wish. Um, but the answer to your question yeah. is yes. So we're, we're graphically manipulating it, like we're clicking and dragging on a Gantt chart, affecting our formula, changing our ranking. This, that is very, very impressive, very exciting. Uh, how, though, I mean, that's like a bunch of stuff. Um, uh, to ask the somewhat sensitive question, how does this performance scale? Like, how, you know, sort of what are you, what are you seeing on systems and testing? Well, that, that, that's a, a great question and a, and a good segue in effect because we do have some performance improvements in this version of structure as well. And, and the way I like to characterize these performance changes is, is structure is already, it's data center certified by Atlassian. Um, so we know that it, it performs to Atlassian standards, but some of Atlassian's biggest customers use structure and they're very, very demanding. And as their use cases evolve and they they develop you know, new ways of, of straining and, and testing JIRA. Um, they find new ways of straining and testing structure as well. Mm -hmm. So with every new release, we tend to be putting more and more performance improvements in structure. So we're absolutely confident or very, very confident about what's coming in terms of effectors and how well they would perform. Um, and we've also done some things to make sure people don't hurt themselves unintentionally. <laughs> so in many of the structure automation features, these things just run, things are set up to run automatically based on whatever business rules you establish. Effectors are going to be a little bit different. Effectors are going to require the push of a button. And that's because of what Matthew was just alluding to. If somebody's not careful with the way they're setting up these formulas and the way they're you know, telling the, or what they're telling the effector to do, they may accidentally all of a sudden, you know, say, I want to write a million um, results to a million Jira tickets. Um, and that would obviously hurt performance. So 
we built in a, a feature that allows the customer to number one preview the result on a few items, and number two to you know are you sure this is what you want to do next, and push that button to confirm that this is something you want to do, and then that effector will only run when you push that button again. It's not going to run um, unless somebody tells it to, a human tells it to. So I I imagine given that there's quite a lot of new functionality added that there's been some changes to the architecture. Um, how's this going to affect APIs? Um, so, so that's another great question. There, there are changes to the APIs. In fact, what we did in this release of structure is we rebuilt the attribute subsystem of structure, which is an important element of the structure architecture. In, in um, ALM works terms, attributes are just the things that structure, the data that structure carries inside the structure um, or inside the Gantt chart. Those are called attributes. And the attribute system is something that a lot of thought has gone into. We've actually rebuilt that attribute system um, to make it more efficient and to make give, give customers more control of how people can access those attributes or not access those attributes. Um, and for anyone that's built a structure application with the Java APIs, they're going to need to take a look at the new APIs. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be required to rebuild their application. Uh, anybody who's using the REST API, those those APIs are backwards compatible. Great question. Thank you very much. And last but not least, Dave, how does this affect the structure users in the cloud? <laughs> um, this, the, the simple answer is it does not. Uh, the code stream for structure server and data center is is related but separate from the code stream for structure cloud. Um, and so in the blog post that, that we, uh, a couple of you referred to earlier, we make it very clear that these changes affect uh, structure server and structure data center customers only. Um, effectors is something that will come to structure cloud. We don't have a specific timeframe for that yet, but um, our goal is to make sure structure cloud is, is as capable as structure server as quickly as we can. Dave Roslin from ALM Works, thank you so much for joining us and check out the article for more information about Structure 6. Thanks for having me, Ryan. So sometime in the past, I've lost track because the last week and a half has been hellacious and uh, it seems like a lot longer than a week and a half. Right. But, um, it's like three months. <laughs> on, it's been, it's <laughs> the last week and a half took a month and a half. Six, six years. <laughs> um, at some point in the past, we, we updated you all on Trello. Uh, so the, your Trello login was being migrated to an Atlassian login using your Atlassian account. This meant that if you uh, had a work email address associated with Trello and your work had also created a Trello organization, then your board was going to be subsumed. It was going to be assimilated, uh, by the Atlassian Borg into, uh, into its Trello. And so anyways, um, if you're using Trello, I assume this is hitting the, the web version. I have the desktop app installed, so I saw it there. Uh, you, you now, uh, at least some users, I know I got this like uh, banner popping up at the top of my Trello board asking me if I used this board for Adaptivist or for other purposes. And it guided me through uh, setting up a personal Trello account and migrating my personal boards to that personal account I just wanted to share with you all, it was a flawless process. It was super easy, super painless. Uh, if you've been just like canceling out that banner because you don't want to deal with it, I just want to encourage you. I actually took screenshots as I went through. I thought about like 
trying to share those with you all somehow, but I'm not going to bother. Uh, cause it was like three <laughs> screenshots and it was just so easy. Okay. Um, so yeah, give it a try. My only criticism of the process is that after I did that, the banner still came back a day later. I think there was probably some bugginess, something cached in there. Um, but since then it hasn't come back. Um, so yeah, I, I have created a second account, migrated everything. It's been, it was smooth. Um, so if you haven't done that process yet, go ahead and do it. It's, it's not too painful. Um, I'm a bit annoyed that I now have to switch between accounts on my mobile phone. Um, cause that's a bit l- less, you know, it's not quite as easy, but it's, it's not too bad. Um, and, uh, speaking of mobile phones, we've got a blog post from Trello with just a ton of new mobile features for Trello. When I found this article, I thought, hey, you know, Matthew and Brenda might really appreciate some of these tools. But then I realized, you know what? Our listeners out there who are Trello fans, man, if you are a mobile user and I use Trello on my phone and on my desktop, this list is awesome. There are a ton of little tricks that even if you pick up one or two, you're going to make your Trello usage that much more um, enjoyable. Uh, my, so, uh, Matthew and I thought we would just share our favorites. Mine is the new card separator line. If you make a card and just put three dashes in the, um, in the title field, it will actually give you a little nice little line that you can now put in your, in your columns to denote, uh, different groupings. How handy. Yeah. And it's worth noting, Ryan is an iOS user. I'm an Android user. Uh, sadly, my favorite feature, the one I'm most excited about from this blog, is iOS only. Uh, and the, the blog does list <laughs> which, which mobile OS it works on. Um, and iOS is the first thing on here. Scan PDF. Yeah. So from within the Trello app, you can presumably take a picture of a document. It turns it into a PDF and attaches it to the card all right there. Like that. I don't know that I would ever use that, honestly. I, I'm a real heavy Evernote user. Well, the, uh, so I take pictures of documents constantly and put them in Evernote. Uh, but it's, I think that is a cool feature. Well, uh, it's, it's trying to get you to become a, a Trello convert. It's trying to get you away from the, the heathen fields of Evernote <laughs> and into the bright blue future of Atlassian Trello. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's worth noting a lot of these things... Um, like the card separator with the three dashes you could do in the desktop app. You, it, it's not a mobile app only. And on the web. Uh, yeah, yeah, and on the web. Um, but uh, yeah, reading through this for the mobile app, there's there's a lot more that you can do in, in Trello than I was aware of. Yeah, I, I, yeah, there's so much cool stuff. I've, I had so many picked out that we decided to go for just one. So we'll share this article in the SoundCloud uh, and take your Trello use to new heights. And finally, we've got another follow-up to talk about, and that is from the Automation for Jira integration into the Jira Cloud platform. Yeah, so one of our uh, marketing managers actually picked this up. Uh, Atlassian is now emailing customers of Automation for Jira Pro to explain some options. So I just wanted to show this, much like the Trello thing to follow up and say, hey, this process was, was pretty painless, it worked out. Uh, wanted to share an update. Uh, if you've listened to previous episodes, you'll recall that Automation for Jira was purchased by Atlassian last year. Uh, it's been rolled into Jira Cloud, and it's it's being uh, integrated into Jira Software Premium now. So if you are on, not premium, <laughs> if you're on the, the cheaper Jira Cloud, um, 
the standard, I guess, uh, you get a limit to the number of executions. So an execution's like, I've got an automation in my workflow. There's a limit to how many times that automation could go off or like, you know, whatever thing you've got set up. Um, and if you pay the, the higher price for premium, then you, you don't have that uh, limitation. So what Atlassian is doing to give everybody a taste of that uh, sweet, sweet uh, execution sauce um, <laughs> is they're upgrading everybody to premium for like 90 days free of charge as a trial. But then you have to know to go and downgrade yourself manually. And if you don't do it, you're just going to get charged that premium price which is more than you're currently pay- paying for Automation for Jira Pro. One could say that you'll be paying a premium. Uh-huh. One could say that uh, if they were that corny. Um, I so uh, <laughs> stand by it. Um, so uh, so I'm, I'm pleased that like Atlassian is, is being really proactive um, and sending out emails to, to let people know um, what the impacts are going to be and to downgrade. So, I'm sure all of you, like three Jira Cloud admins who listen to this, um, are already familiar. But just like, I want to do everything we can to spread the news, make sure people are aware. And if you love Jira Cloud Premium and you you want to pay for it, great. Uh, you know, and you get to get it for ninety days free. Always nice to defer that bill a little bit. And of course, we'll link you to Jira Cloud in the Atlassian Marketplace on the SoundCloud for this podcast. Well, Matthew. It's been a tough time, but it's good to see you. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, rain or shine, it's you know, it's good to see you, Ryan. It's good to reminisce, uh, and it's good to connect with all of you, listeners of Adaptivus Live. Uh, we appreciate you joining us today. Uh, and if you want to share this with others on your podcast platform of choice, share it, tweet it, link it, get it out there, and we will talk to you next on Adaptivist Live. Well, this wasn't a great episode for laughs, but you've stuck around this far, so you deserve a little something, right? Well, next episode, I'm going to have a pretty big announcement. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.